you know, two or three other side jobs to pay the rent. I was just drawing comic books, and, and you know, for the last 35 years, I've been drawing comic books. So that's that's that was a big moment for us. And then the fact that um, beyond that, it kept continuing to build not only in sales um, uh, and the comic book side that. Um, you know, the in came the cartoon opportunities and the toy opportunities that just kept going and going, and you know, it was pretty pretty mind blowing back in those days. How quickly and for four years from the first publication of the first comic book to the first cartoon on air, which was pretty astonishing. Yeah, and can you talk a little bit about how they evolved from at the start, kind of a darker, more serious take, and then the cartoon? You see, they're they're quite a bit different. For sure, yeah. It was like when the comic book was the original black and white um, comic book was written for ourselves, so it was uh, um, intended for an older audience. So it was uh, edgier, um, you know, more uh, um, uh, you know done for you know done and intended for an older audience. But when we did switch to the cartoon series, we knew that it was going to be done for a much younger audience. So we Soften the origin, made it a little softer, you know, added different colored bandanas, things like that. So we made it was written specifically for kids as opposed to the original Black Eyed series. My co host Joe Scott is uh, joined us here. The man Hi. himself. How Hi. you doing? Nice I'm so you. sorry for being late. I, oh, I bring my art students to this. Hi, guys. Uh, we got kind of caught nice traffic. So uh, you guys go ahead and find our table. I'm sure the rest of them are already there. You guys are set up. So oh, pleasure to meet you. Nice very to very you. honored to meet you. Awesome. Yeah, this guy's been interesting. Hi. High five, man. Nice to meet you. This is Camden. He's one of my students. You've been with me for what, a couple years now? Three years? Oh, yeah. yeah. Today's his first con. He's very excited. Oh, you're going to have a great time. Yes. So it's he's got his own prints made and everything. So Sweet. it's going to be great. By the way, he's dressed very professionally. That's what I said. I was he's dressed better than I am. You know? <laughs> me too. So right, I'll tell you what. You go ahead and set up, and then I'll be right there, okay? How, how did the uh, cartoon and all of those things start to come about? Well, that was, um, you know, it made me that, you know, the comic books continue to sell and sell very well. And then we had uh, uh, a few agents and people approached us and said, this is a really fun idea. We think it not only could, you know, it's working as a comic book for this older audience, but we think the kids would really like it. So we, um, under the guise of, we had full control, full say over story, idea, look, everything. We fully controlled it. We said, we'd, we'd definitely like to test out that idea and see if it, if it works as a cartoon and so we started working on the cartoon in 1987 and the first uh, episodes came out in the okay, late 87 early 1988 and to our surprise everybody's surprised okay. that the cartoons were really well received they shipped the toys later in 1988 and it's been you know, riding an MX missile ever since you know? I was say, were you surprised they exploded onto the scene mm-hmm. like they did with just, I mean, I had those things everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we all did. My I parents mean, still probably curse your name. Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Like, my grandparents bought all of us kids. All like, I come from. Uh, I grew up with my grandparents. Where our parents worked. It was me, my brother, and our three cousins. And sure. for Christmas, we used to get all kinds of toys. And they got the one year they got us all the Ninja Turtle sets. So, oh, like, the entire thing the, was awesome. You have, did you have the blimp? I have the blimp. We did not. We did have the tur- <laughs> We had the band though. Uh, I remember when I was actually in. I was in fifth grade, and actually. It's kind of funny. It's awesome. This is the reason why I wanted to meet you. I really wish I had been here earlier, but I forgot. Like I said, I we just got here too. You were kind of like the reason they got me into art because I started drawing Ninja Turtles the second I seen them. I got the first VHS, which I think had like the first two episodes on it. Awesome. And it was before. I, I want to say, did you guys release those before they were on TV? Do you remember? I. It was well. They did the first. What happened was they did the um, in Christmas break. They introduced them Christmas break, nineteen eighty-seven. So that that. That week, kids are off from school. Right. 
So um, they were, uh, we did the five episodes. Okay. And so those first five uh, were done. And then I think they released them on VHS prior yes. to the official start of the, the first series. season, which would have been right. Because I got eight. I got a hold of that, and I I watched it one afternoon, and I, I was hooked. And so the whole time I'm drawing these in class, and my and my classmates are like, "What are you drawing?" I'm like, "Dude, they're Ninja Turtles," and they're like, "What?" Yeah. And like no one knew what they were. But actually, you know, that was actually one of the things that got me into start to start into drawing art and comic book art and stuff like that. So That's a huge compliment. Thank yeah, you. it was awesome. Because you know that was a, you know I grew up the same way, and uh, you know my for me it was uh, Jack Kirby's Commandy. Okay, uh, you know I was. Yeah. Comics for twenty cents. I had a paper route. That's how I used to buy my comic books, and that was you know that was that defining moment where I was like, "This is what I want to do for the rest of my life is yeah. draw a cartoon." Right, and, uh, right. So I appreciate the comic. I know that feeling. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Well, what were some of your favorite? You mentioned Commandy. You mm-hmm. mentioned Jack Kirby. What were some of your uh, bigger influences? Well, was, you know the you know um, early on you know before you know, really sort of zeroed in on the artists that yeah. I liked it was. Um, you know, like Captain America, Daredevil, right. uh, Batman. More grounded sort of superheroes. Read a lot of war comic books, Sergeant Rock, Sergeant Fury and that stuff. But uh, um, but Jack Kirby, certainly around his uh, um, DC Comics period, um, loved his Captain America and some of his early stuff and X-Men stuff. Um, but around that uh, DC Comics period with uh, uh, New Gods, Forever People, uh, the, the Demon, um, uh, Commandy, you know, so many other things. That was sort of a big period for me. I was at that right age, you know, 11, 12 years old, where mm-hmm. it was like, laser beam. Um, but yeah, I still, you know, I was at the comic store three days ago. I still go, you know, pretty much twice monthly. That's awesome. Nice stuff. I, I love it. I love hey, it. You know, and and, and like I said, and you yourself being a titan yeah. that's actually created such a, such a humongous thing. Is actually still going to comic stores and helping your comic book stores. Oh my you know? goodness! And because I mean, because uh, I don't know if you told you, but we run. I run a comic book store too, oh, awesome. and that's Love where it. I teach my art classes out of. Fantastic. Well, I mean, it's rough. I mean, it's getting bad. Yep. Like comics have dropped. Marvel has seemed to be disappointing us every month. And oh, I mean, it's just like I mean, no, no, fortunately enough, DC's comics are doing well, and the Ninja Turtle ones too that they just released. Uh, the, uh, I make Joe get me those. I was to say all those TV. They, well, they just released the the TMNT universe. Universe, or is that what it is? It's, uh, uh, there's several, and you're part of those. Yeah, say, yeah. Your yours are selling really, really well. Oh, thanks. No, that's no. I still, I, because we have the what we call the IDW universe, and I work on the regular, ongoing, okay, um, issues, and then um, which is, I think we just finished issue 87, 87, okay, 87, 88, um, and then uh, we actually we're excited because this fall. Starting January first, issue ninety, we're doing the race to one hundred. We call it in that we've got this big, epic sort of tip of the hat to the original City at War that Peter Laird and I did from was issue forty eight through sixty two back in the day okay. of the Mirage Comics. We're doing issue ninety through one hundred of the IDW universe is going to be a mother of a series, lots of crazy stuff. That's so cool. oh, I was going to say, we, you've kind of seen that build up since issue 50. You said yeah. 100 was going to be big, and you've added a lot of elements in the Triceratons on Earth and yeah. things like that. Man, so, put your guessing all of it comes That's to awesome. a head? <laughs> yeah, in a big way. In fact, you know, much like issue 50, issue 100 will be a double-sized oh, uh, issue, and it's going to be... That's fantastic. Be all right, now, uh, one of the things... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to ask you just about Splinter's kind of change and role in the new mm-hmm. series, now taking over the, the foot plan. And kind of an interesting twist on his relationship with them as well as yep. his well, that's, son. You know, that's what's so great about Tom Walsh, the, the head writer of the series. We work together, me and Tom and Bobby, but Tom has just got, has had these wonderful ideas really surveying you know, the landscape of the Turtle universe, and you know, a lot of people forget that. You know, um, 
Hamaru Yoshi and uh, Rokosaki were uh, both members of the Foot Clan back in the day. Right. And then Splinter's, you know, still, you know, Hamaru Yoshi, so he still has the foot. So he saw an opportunity with the Rokosaki with the Shredder gone that he could take the foot back to this more honorable position. So it's right. a natural, and that's what I love about Tom's work is that, you know, everything that he does and we build and put into the series is very story-driven and very specific. It's not like, hey, we think this would be something fun that right. would sell more copies of the book. It's very... Thoughtful. Well, like, like think that was purpose. It's amazing. It's an yeah. awesome concept. No, thanks. Well, I thought it was very, con- especially with the Triceratons, where it's not like an easy problem to solve. They're kind of wrecking Pretty New much. York downtown. <laughs> so it's like, I understood why Splinter would say, "Yeah, we kind of got to work with the government to get these things." Out of here or exterminated. Right. Yeah. Yes. the Turtles are trying to preserve them. I know Port New York, Port New York City. You think of how many how many movies and how many comics has been completely destroyed. It so it's a, that's why it's in a constant state of repair, right? Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Good. I got to ask you, from one artist to another, what was it like seeing your creation, like the first time in uh, in, in eighty nine or ninety when the first Turtles movie came on the screen? What was it like sitting and actually watching that, knowing that you created this and now you're seeing this like right in front of you? It was a, you know, um, it was, from an outsider looking in, it was a fast from the comic to the cartoons to the movie, but inside, you know, with Pete and I sort of working, because we worked on every aspect of that. I mean, we worked with Baron on the script, we worked on, you know, we worked, you know, the designs, concepts, so we, you know, it's almost like when you're in the middle of something, you know, you can't see the forest through the trees kind of thing, so it's like, you know, you're working, you know, because a lot of people are like, once things took off and they said, oh, they must be just on a beach somewhere drinking martinis and hanging out. Um, but we, we were, you know, 90, 100 hours a week managing everything. We were working on the cartoon series, the comic, still working on the comic series, working yeah. on the movie. So when you work through that process, there's a year to make a movie, you know, and, you work, and it's on your mind and you're working on it every day. When you finally sit in the theater and watch it and go, it's like a big WT. F, you know, right, right. Uh, like wow, this is amazing. Especially right. when you get to work with you know guys like Jim Henson who built the costumes right. that made it work, Steve Barron who did such a wonderful job directed the movie. Um, but there are moments like that that sort of takes you back, takes you, puts you back in your seat, and you go, yeah. "Holy smoke!" So this is what we spent this last year working. That would be hundred hours a week amazing, on. Uh, I would imagine. Oh, it's, it's mind blowing. It's like, and then you know. It could have just as easily been a disappointing movie. We've all been to the theaters and been like, but you know, we had a great team and the movie was fantastic. And oh, they were, they're still my favorites. I still break them out. Don't get me wrong; not that the new ones haven't been good. I, I mean, I enjoy the new ones for yeah, what they are, first, but they're not. I, they don't have that magic that the first set did. You know what I mean? I mean, even uh, you know, uh, Secret of the Ooze was. I still remember that. I couldn't. I clamored waiting to go see that movie when I was a kid. Turtles in Time was still actually. If you watch it, I mean, like, like was like being a fan, I still loved it. And I know a lot of people are like, "Well, it's kind of you know, it's not like it wasn't as dark and as gritty as the first. But you know what though, it wasn't like too light. I thought it was actually a great balance. Yeah, no, it's tough because you know the, that was where we sort of got kind of disenchanted. That's why there was a kind of a bit of a you know break because we thought. The tonality of the first movie was perfect. It was something. Right. It still kept the edginess, kept the darkness right. for the older audience, um, but still had the lighthearted humor and the, and right. the great stuff for the for the younger audience. In number in Secret of the Ooze, they definitely took it a huge step more towards the cartoon, and we right. felt like, well, you're fixing something that, that it wasn't broken. It wasn't broken. And yeah. then so the third movie, we tried to rein it back into more mm-hmm. like the first movie, and it was still lean more towards the cartoon, which I felt that, you know, it was, it's it's one of those things that you don't understand um, in Hollywood. It's like, you right. know, they feel like, you know. Well, you know, and that was, you know, let me see, early 90s and before, you know, Marvel finally proved everybody uh, wrong in Hollywood and did it right and made the comics, uh, made the movies much like the comic books. Right. You know, like, 
make them like they're supposed to be. Right. That's how that's you make what, it work. Well, that's, that's what, what fans, fans want. want. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly what they want. And, you know, that's like, you know, I think a lot of times, because uh, my day job is a movie theater manager, so I actually watch some of these movies. And in sequels, especially back in the day, you know, they, send, they tend to suffer. If you have a movie, yeah. all right, prime example, Major League. Great movie. Yep. They tried to make the second one, PG-13, not as good. Yep. It's like you, when you take that little, I mean, it's not just the cussing or whatever, the vulgarity. You take a little, you just take that something out of a movie, and whatever it is, it can hurt it a lot. And it, I think they do that because they want to make it more family friendly. They want to they want to broaden that, you know, they think they're going to broaden that audience. Yep. When in actuality, they're really not. They're actually kind of hurting it. Totally. So, yeah, yeah so that's actually, you know. One of the things that I even noticed with, like, because, like, the first one is probably obviously my favorite because I do love the dark and the grittiness and the realism, you know what I mean? I remember watching it with my grandparents, actually, and they were just so amazed. They're like, those turtles even sweat. Like, yeah. they were just so amazed with how, you know, you talk about how Jim Henson and all of them did a great job. Yeah. I mean, they even sweated. And you yeah. know it and you've seen it. Mm-hmm. So it really brought them to life. Yeah, yeah that was perfect. It was, it was, yeah, and it's never, you know, to me... You know, there were some great efforts in later movies um, right up till recently, um, but I think that by far the first one will, you know, is head and shoulders above yeah. all the rest, and that'll always be, that'll always be my favorite. That's know, awesome. So, yeah, sure. Are you surprised that the turtles have come back in several different arc mm-hmm. incarnations later on? Sometimes you see a property kind of fade away once, sure. like say Masters of the Universe, mm-hmm. and never quite come back in the yeah. public conscious. Whereas turtles. New cartoons starting this fall, kind of reimagining. It's, it's really kind of stood the test of time. It really it ages well. Yeah, no, we're very blessed in that you know the fans have been um, so dedicated and supportive. When you look at like you know the original um, comic series and the original cartoon series, uh, then you take um, for example when they did the 2000 series, um, which was an edgier version of the Turtles, which I thought was a fantastic uh, uh, series. It was uh, um, more like the original comics, a little edge to it, that kind of stuff. The 2007. Um, uh, um, animated movie. I thought they did a great job on, yes, on that. Yes, I love that. Yeah, that was great. <clears throat> yeah, um, and Kevin Monroe directed that. It was fantastic. And then when the, you know when uh, um, Viacom brought it back, they brought <clears throat> together an incredible team for the Nickelodeon we call the 2012 series, which um, uh, a friend of mine, Ciro Neely, um, directed the creative um, uh, on that. He one of those guys that um, grew up in Philadelphia. His dad owned a pizza place, so he was a kid. He spent his time eating pizza and drawing turtles. He could not. Have, he, he loved the Mirage universe. So I thought the 2012 Nickelodeon series was a fantastic yeah. um, version of the turtles, not only because it tipped the hat to uh, <clears throat> that old audio, the, the original audience, uh-huh. edgier stuff, material. We still had a lot of fun stuff for kids, and then uh, um, yeah, and it's and it's really you know. Uh, Amazing to me because I say, you know, it's amazing that it worked the first time. And the fact that, you know, when you bring something like that back, um, something that pleased the original fans, but more importantly, not more importantly, but as importantly, is the, the new audience. Because you can't tell kids what's cool. They decide what's cool. And the fact that they, after all these years, have saw something um, in these crazy, mutated, green... Turtles, yeah. Turtles that they love. And it to them. It's like, uh, um, so, he is, he's right here. How's it going, man? But, uh, no, that's that's mind blowing is that you know, it's found a new audience and, right. and uh, with the, the younger generation. And like I said, we haven't offended the original audience, which is no, great. yeah, I think you've, you're doing a great job at it, it's transcending very, very well. Especially, I get kids coming into the store all the time wanting Ninja Turtle stuff, so it's, awesome. it's doing really, really well. And we've been able to find, we even sell some of the old classic stuff too. I get my hands on it every once in a great while. Well, we'll get it down to yeah. our last questions here, Joe. He's got a lot of, people yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I think we started at 10. 
Uh, yeah, so. Oh, that's three minutes. <laughs> oh, well, last question. Last then. question yeah. anyway. Favorite, uh, favorite piece of merchandise ever devised for the Turtles? <laughs> favorite piece of merchandise? Oh, boy, that's a tough one because there was... Um, I'd probably go to the original toys, um, the yeah. soft heads, not only because, you know, the shredder that couldn't stand up, the, the um, and so many other things, but I like the... Uh, Things like the turtle playset and the sewer blimp. Uh, uh, um, but I love one of my favorites was the um, pizza thrower and the crank with the android body. Yeah. Like that. So yeah, it was uh, I, uh, pretty. pretty I actually had the the mask. They they made mask with turtle nose and the sword. I actually stuck my foot through my parents' uh, bathroom. Yes. I remember that. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so, John Myers. We'll, uh, we'll uh, wrap it up right here and let uh, I know Kevin's we get a picture with you. Real quick. Sure. And, uh, yeah, and then they're so, gonna put me to work. That's right. Oh man. Well, that'll get in this. do it here and. Signing off. All three. Adios, muchachos. Yep. Sayonara, ciao. Say Chao, manga. Say...